<laughs> Pot of gold. The three of them went outside. And next to the door that was all smashed in, there was a picture window. And I'd seen enough frickin' movies. They were gonna leave and then just start firing through the window. Like, that's what I was picturing in my head. I was like, oh man, we gotta... So I'm like crawling. I crawl over to my mom. I take her back to the bedroom. I make her crawl out of the window. She's like messed up, bleeding out her forehead. Like super messed up. And uh, I drug her out of the window. I pretty much freaked out that we're gonna get blown away like at any point, like legit. And uh, go down two doors to pedo fucking popsicle guy. Start banging on his door and it's like, probably, I don't know what time it was, but it was dark middle of the night. There was no one alive. Like there's no one around. Yeah. Uh, so just bang on the door, bang on the door, and I'm screaming. He comes to the door. I'm like, hey, dude, can we use your phone? He's like, just let me call my grandma and, like, let me, I just need to get a hold of somebody. He's like, no, no, that's what you get when you do drugs and get out of here. I'm like, are you serious, dude? Jeez. So, like, I grab my mom and I'm like, eight year old dragging my mom down the street. And every time a car would, like, every once in a while a car would come, I'd be freaked out that they were. It was the guys. That, there's like serious gang problems in this town, so like you just didn't want anyone to see you at night, ever. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another exciting episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt. It is Saturday, July 3rd, 2021, the day before 4th of July, United States Independence Day. So everybody's excited, you're getting your fireworks ready, you're getting your watermelon chilled. It's going to be a good day. You guys go down to the beach? I hope you do. That's a fun place to be. It can be like a war zone out there. Fireworks shooting off every direction. So smoky you can't barely see. Oh, it's the best. Anyway, my guest today is quite an independent thinker. So it's perfectly fitting that he's the guest here on this 4th of July weekend. I had kind of expected this episode to be kind of silly, kind of goofy. And I kind of pushed it that direction in the beginning. Not really knowing what to expect. What I didn't know is that Michael had just come back from... I don't even know what, what how to explain it, but somebody in his life had passed away the day before this was recorded, and he had just come back from burying them, basically. I think it, it was not the best situation to come and just, like, get silly. So when I figured that out, I kind of let it go where it was going to go and become what it was going to become, and it, it ended up becoming this awesome story of, of who Michael Lambert is, and we got to hear... Some of the stuff he struggles with as an adult, and then he doubles back and goes back to his roots, and we figure out maybe where some of that stuff comes from. So it was really, ended up being great. I had a really good time. We we laughed a lot anyway, but it was not, we weren't just goofing the whole time. It it got real, and I, I think it was really cleansing and powerful, and I hope you guys enjoy it. I wanted to do a special thank you, little shout out to Caitlin Seyfried at the Coast Weekend. Coast Weekend is a little newspaper within a newspaper at the Chinook Observer, and that's our local paper here. Caitlin wrote a really nice article about Ramble by the River and about me, and if you're interested in reading the article, it's called Local Podcast Gains a Following, and it's available at coastweekend.com for free. And I'm flattered and honored, and it was really cool. So I just wanted to say thank you. I really appreciate it, and I hope you're listening. I hope you're enjoying the show. Thanks again. If you guys want to reach out on social media, Again, I'm still waiting to hear some DJ names. You guys haven't really done shit as far as coming up with DJ names for me. I've I've had a couple, but you know, the the one that really pops just hasn't come through yet. 
So if you want to reach out on social media, our Instagram is Ramble by the River, on Facebook at Ramble by the River, and on Twitter at Ramble River Pod. Email is in the show notes. Everything's in the show notes. If you need information, go to the show notes. As always, the full catalog is available at ramblebytheriver.captivate.fm slash listen or at the all-new ramblebytheriver.com. You can find links to all that in the show notes. Last thing before we get going. Last weekend, we talked about Be The Match. That's that organization that collects donors for people with leukemia and things like that. So I just wanted to let you guys know that I have got my kit. It came in the mail within a week. I haven't swabbed my cheek yet, but I'm getting ready to do that. I'll do it today. And yeah, I'm going to send it in and then I'll be on the registry. I hope you're all doing it too. I think it'd be really cool if we could save even one life. If this if this show was able to, to get somebody to register for that and they we ended up saving even one person's life, that is enormous. That's a huge impact. It's more impact than I ever thought this show would have, period. So let's do it. I think that's about it, guys. We'll get to the show now. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. It really helps. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I know you've got a ton of options of how to spend your time, and I really appreciate that you're checking out the show. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with the great and powerful Michael Lambert. I could really use a change of scenery. Yeah. Everybody's smoking all the greenery. Yeah. Close the match because they were handed down to me. But I'm still fly. I'm still fly. I know. I'm still fly. I'm still fly. Let's go. It could all be worse. I could be a hater like you. It could all be to make the man, but that poison's gonna chew you. Yes, now say it with your chest now. I'm young, I'm free. Can't nobody take me here and now. It's my time to ride it out. It's my time, it's my time, it's my time to ride it. I'm young, I'm free. Can't nobody take me here and now. It's my time to ride. There's uh, people working right outside, just on the other side of this wall. They're talking, they're throwing crab pots around and stuff. And there's a forklift out there. We're gonna have background noise either way, so I figured you might as well just I like it. Embrace it. I'm embracing it. Um, Warm embrace. Yeah, I think it's probably gonna be okay. But um, I've actually not really heard anything on any of your podcasts. Like really. That's... Rain. The, you like in the first ones, I could hear the rain. Oh, but... it used to stress me out so bad. Yeah, it was kind of nice. It's not bad. The rain, especially, is kind yeah. of a. I work hard to cut it out, and then it's just like, people are like, oh, I didn't really mind it. I use it to go to sleep too, anyway. How long have you been married? I'm not married. Or, I live in or, sin. You know, in that I'm a sinner. But um, you're, you're referring to those kids as your stepkids? Yeah, yeah. As so they're my kids, 100%. So you're, um, how long have you been in that relationship? Well, we met 2013, 2012, 2013, but officially, um, God, I should know this. I'm dates. Um, I want to say 2017, like 
yeah, end of 2017. I think my son was born in 2018, so that would make my, the my timing right. Born that year too. Because um, yeah, he'll be three. He'll be three in August. So yeah, 2018. So it'd be yeah, 2017. Her and I got together. I I do not like buttons that don't have a physical touch to them. Where it's just like a flat surface. Mm. You got to try to like I'm supposed to memorize all these fucking buttons. I was driving a car yesterday and it had buttons that like pushed in, but there was no like. There was no, like, nothing that told you that it happened. Oh, yeah. See, I don't like So, that like, either. there was no click or no, like, relief of any sort. No to feedback. Where you... Oh, shit. Pulling cords? I'm pulling cords. Pulling the right Are cord. we clicking? Is it? I think so. <clears throat> oh, yeah. All right. We're good to go. We're good to go. We're good to All go. All right. What you were just talking about, the, the button click thing. Yeah. Completely yeah. interesting topic, which we should talk about right away. It was horribly annoying. So, I was driving a car that I, you know, wasn't mine, obviously. And you push the button to change the music and there was no, there was no tick at the end, no relief, no, nothing. And it drove me nuts because I would, I would touch it and I, you'd think it was working and wasn't working. So I'd like smash it and then it would work. And I'm like, okay, well, where's the, like yeah. you could never guess where the, the action point was in the push of the button. And maybe it was just a lag and you're smashing too soon. Who oh, knows? yeah. It could have been knows? a lag. But it was a pretty nice new car. Like, if there oh, was yeah. a lag, I would be pissed. Like, if, if it was my car. I don't have a car that new. The design of, like, buttons and door handles and latches and that kind of stuff is something that nobody really thinks about. But it's incredible. Somebody thinks about it. There's this guy named Norman. I don't remember what his first name was, but he was famous for design. And mm -hmm. it, he, like, he coined the phrase the Norman door, which doesn't really make all that much sense because... He was like famous for being good at designing, and a Norman door is like a door that's notoriously bad. Like when you walk oh. up to a door, it should be intuitive. You should know exactly where to place your hand. You should know to pull or push without having to think about it. It is. It's insane that there are so many push or pull signs yeah. on doors. It's like yeah. what the fuck? Maybe you should have made a better door. Yeah. To where you don't have to explain it. It's, How? There's only. <laughs> So many options. Absolutely. How about the assholes when they got a door that opens both ways and it has a sign that says pull? And oh, yeah. Like, and then you pushed it and you're like, it worked. Why did this open? Yeah. What are you guys trying to say? Like, yeah, exactly. What kind of control are you trying to impose on me? It's a power move. It is. It's a total power move. And Most... they're sitting up there behind the desk just watching you like yeah. a fool. Yeah. Can't trust anybody these days. How about the jack stores that look like you should push them, but now they open, but you spent your whole life pushing them. Yeah, because it's the same doors. Yeah. They just put those robot arms on Do them. Do you know how many times I smashed into that thing like the first year they had those? I would, for sure. Oh, I smashed into it hard. The So you can't push it? It's not an option no, to push? No, no, it's an automatic door. Okay. And if you push it, it will stop you from pushing it. Uh -huh. Like you can't push it past the robotic. You can't push it past the speed. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> You're no, in there just a problem. fighting the robot, oh, yeah. trying to get in jacks. Yeah. You watch old dudes go in there and they just get pissed at it. It's yeah. Funny. Yeah. Well, like I worked there. You probably remember that. I don't know. Man, I didn't have a lot of money to go to Jack's back then. But you're Ocean you Park know. kid. Yeah. You, I mean, I assumed everybody was talking about me. You know, at 14, you really do think you that. You weren't on the radio ads. Uh, when I first moved back from college, there was an employee who was on the radio ads, and he was the greatest radio ad person of all time, Chase Millsap. Yeah, I would like to get into Chase Millsap a little bit. He is a phenomenal person. I mean, he's a good follow. On, uh, An on, excellent follow. On the gram. If you're a train fan mm -hmm. or you're a friend fan, follow him. If you like tacos, trains, and pictures of uncomfortable women. I mean, wow. Um, you know, he does have a lot of nice landscape pictures and the trains 
his photography is good actually legitimately hey good i think he's phenomenal i want to i want to see a reality show starring him because i don't i want to know the story behind all these pictures absolutely he i like the ones with the angry dude off to the side like with his arms crossed those are my favorite i've been that dude (laughs) (laughs) seriously yeah (laughs) look on his profile i bet yeah. yeah, it's weird. It was weird. I didn't get him at first, and then I kind of realized, like later on, he's like, he's just a genuinely nice guy. He's making connections. He's making connections. He's a person who's like, wow, I'm not going to accept, you know, whatever fate may lie here for me. I'm going to go out and create my own fate, which and... is what we should all be doing. Oh yeah, I'm totally envious of his life. He yeah. eats a lot of fast food. Well, you know, so do I, but yeah. I don't leave the peninsula, so you know what my fast food's consuming of. <laughs> Yeah, McDonald's, of, yeah. little Mickey D's. Yeah, it's terrible, and the lines are so long now. That's true. It's it's like it's good though because I don't go there hardly yeah. at all. So. Oh, that feeling though when you've you've like made the decision. I do eat fast food too, but I'm never proud of myself yeah. for it. It's always like reluctantly I'll go in there, and even if I'm actually looking forward to the food, I'm just like embarrassed and ashamed of who I am. Kind of like the post nut depression. Yeah, very yeah. similar. Yeah, very that's, similar. I, I understand. And. Um, yeah, just the letdown of who you are. Super as a human let being. down. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm totally ashamed when I go to McDonald's. And the days when the line is like out the parking lot of cars and like the lobby's closed, so it's all cars. And how many you, times have you sat in that line? None. Oh. I, I just turn the fuck around and get out, and then I'm I'm angry and ashamed because I already lost. I oh, already yeah. made the decision. God knows I was going to eat the Big Mac, mm-hmm. and. But it doesn't matter, and now I'm enraged also on top of it and hungry. It's the worst, it's, worst it's, ever. It's That's a, like blue balls. It's a bad dilemma. Tummy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And then you go to the mini mart probably and get something there. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I've always considered myself a six, just barely over average. Um, and then my nose kept growing, and it's dropping me quickly to a five point seven five. You're doing I'm pretty right. good. I'm happy though. I already got, I already got what I wanted out of romantic life, so I'm, Did I can get ugly now. I still now I just want to be healthy. I guess I was. I don't know. I was such a bad person when it came to relationships and like women in particular. Like I was, I was a pretty bad guy. And uh, what do you mean? Um, just being maybe manipulative and and then not kind and like misleading a lot. Mm. Like, yeah, having lying. Things, oh yeah, definitely. Like that's actually a big big part of my life right now is like trying to be honest (laughs) no no trying to be honest like Uh i think i lied i think most people lie to themselves more than they lie to anyone else yeah but uh, for sure lying was such a big part of that like just not being honest with people like trying to just trying to manipulate people it just wasn't like so now it's like i don't know it's kind of like hard to talk about that kind of stuff a little bit but yeah you man, just gotta, that got weird <laughs> well, no no man it yeah. really i think that's good stuff to talk about so i've i've gone through long stages of my life where i was okay with lying to get what i wanted yeah. and it's it's it makes you a shittier person oh yeah and it, it almost like affects you physically you start oh, to yeah. feel like shit oh yeah like uh, you carry that with you yeah but as soon as you just be honest and accept who you are and mm-hmm. like tell people how much of a piece of shit you are. 100%. It feels so much better. Dude, I when yeah, I'm a total piece of shit. Me too, man. I well, I'm I'm working on. It. I'm trying not to be a piece of shit. I'm I'm going to keep trying until I die. I think it, there was a, a point in my life where I had like a certain like value structure and then at a certain <clears> point <throat> I lost it. I would say in college I lost it. And then then I realized like, man, if you're just in this scene and you're like running this life, like just do whatever you want. 
Yeah. Like, I've seen a lot of like good looking people. Like Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah. And there's more all the time and we're oh, getting yeah. uglier, so yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Our scores will considerably I'm hoping that drop. my gray hair comes in faster and I can like get some of that Clooney edge, but yes, the salt and pepper. The salt and pepper, yeah, look yeah. a little more distinguished, but no, I mean black chicks. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, um, is that cult cultural appropriation or? See, I'm not sure. See, I feel like I'm complicating this. Uh, this is kind of a jokey oh. thing mixed with a with a risky topic. <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> that's I don't, the best. I don't want to. Uh, I hope I don't get you canceled. Like, I might yeah, say well, something. Well, hey, man, do your best. Uh, I really hope I don't. Perfect, actually, because that's so. Let's that's just cut out that whole that section, back. like that whole. It got super <clears throat> weird. I know how to. I know how to edit it out. Yeah, you're um, good. We'll we'll just. I think so. The the thing about black chicks. Yeah, let's go back to black chicks. Um, I'm really happy you bring this up because um, my girlfriend and I were in Vegas. Our first, we've been there twice on vacation, and uh, our first trip, we were. We were tucked back behind a corner, just hanging out for no reason. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, we were smoking a giant. Oh, uh, Vegas is the best, dude! It's the best. So, anyways, we're tucked behind this place, and we look over, and there were, uh, you know, three black women, and uh, they were dressed almost in bikinis, like, you know, scantily. Is that? I don't know. Yeah, scantily, scantily. clad. Scantily clad. Yeah, that's a good word. So uh, they were standing over there, and we were like. Yeah, let's just not make eye contact. Like we just don't want anyone to see us, you know. Yeah. It's like trying you don't you don't really want to know. So we're hanging out and they come up and approach my girlfriend. And the way they approach her is they come up and said, Damn girl, you thick. <laughs> and that started the whole thing. The next thing you know, we're over in their little group and I'm pretty sure they were trying to put her to work, but yeah. The world loves thick women. Hey, they do. I think I have all along. Me too. I, you know, not, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love women, period. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, not women's periods, God no, but, you know, women. Well, and you, if you love women, you love women's periods. I know. I can't even make that joke because I really yeah. do love women even on their period. I, I, I have some really great women in my life. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I think you have to if you're a decent man. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I had a good relationship with my mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, what was that? Where, where were we? Vegas, black prostitutes, chicks. black culture. Starting out good. Yeah. Yeah. Black. I, I love black culture. So much of what we appreciate of our culture is from black culture. Yeah. The music, movie like stars. Like most of it right I mean, now. Yeah. Think, I mean, all the sports that we people worship, I mean, it's it's dominated black by black people and black culture. And so um, I love that they're getting the awareness, but I don't, I don't, I think it's getting blown away with some of the racist talk. I don't know if it's good or bad, but I think it's fortunate that I grew up here where, you know, we're not exposed to a lot of it. Like, definitely saw, like, racism against Hispanic people growing yeah. up. Definitely. And mostly due to ignorance. Like, yeah. like, definitely due to ignorance. And then I moved to a super, like, hyper-liberal city and spent all of my 20s there for the most part. Which and city? Eugene, you know, where there's every race there. And so... College town, lots yeah, of people. I mean, and... and there was no, like, I never saw it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only, the only thing scary there was homeless people. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they, they weren't even scary. I loved hanging out with those guys. Man. They bought me a lot of booze. I mean, there's a lot in that little paragraph you just did that I want to talk about. Homeless, oh, yeah. Eugene, um, all. Yeah. Let's get into that. it. But, um. Yeah. Let's move on to homeless. I think we're getting like over my head. Definitely. I, I don't think that a lot of people like you and me talk two white guys sitting in a room yeah. with beards talking about racism. Yeah. People will get mad at you if you talk about 
things that you don't have the experience to back up. So, But they'll also get mad at you if you're silent. Some people would think that we're not allowed to have an opinion. And some people yeah. would say that. But I don't think the majority thinks that or says that. I, yeah, I don't think so. But there's definitely those people who do say white men should not have an opinion about things that they're We've not. talked enough. That's what they're, they're thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Have you watched Bo Burnham uh, Inside? The new the one? The new Netflix special? No, I haven't, but I've watched his old ones. They suck, and the new one is so fucking good. It, like, the new one's good? And so you thought good. the old one sucked? Yes. Are you serious? Did I just blow your mind? Dude, he had... Okay. As a whole, Bo Burnham sucks. As I, a whole. I changed that. I changed my mind on that completely after this special. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to say that in his last two specials, he had... I'm going to say four songs that were very good. Mm-hmm. But his comedy's not great. No, but... And he could never be as true stand-up. I mean, he probably could if he worked really hard and all that... If Definitely that was his life, but that's not his path. His I, his path, I, I think he should take this show inside on to Broadway. It's so good, man. He should be a Broadway actor. It is insanely good. Yeah. You got to check it He's out. He's a talented person. Yeah. The He's music. He's not a stand-up. Yeah. And it's not it's not all funny. Like So oh, really? I'm going to get into it right now. The, the premise is he's in his house or apartment. Are you going to spoil this for everyone? It's not something you can really spoil. Okay. It's okay. like an experience. Just Just it's an experience. But um, yeah, he's... He's in his house. It's the pandemic, and he was just getting ready to start a stand-up tour or whatever. I don't know what happened. He's in there. He's stuck, and so he decides he's going to make this special. It's a collage, basically, of mm-hmm. like his thoughts and different kind of different takes on different political issues, and it is embedded with meaning and feeling and information and you know facts and opinions. And it, he's very good at that. God damn! I yeah. really I've watched it twice. It came out like a week ago. Is it is it all really like poppy poppy songs and mostly 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 okay. but no there's he like does some some old like folk style stuff he oh, does cool. piano ballads he does like see that's techno. what I liked was his ballads like he had I mean he obviously understands music theory that's he obviously saying, understands yeah. comedy and he was able to put it together for a few songs that were really like like songs if if it wasn't funny you would still be like oh wow this is you know pretty yeah. good this could be on the radio that's exactly how you know? i felt for many of his songs yeah. in this one and like he's he's very clever he's yeah. very clever he has a good vocabulary he does a uh, fourth wall breaks in this one where so fourth wall is like so if you're yeah. uh, if you're watching a tv sitcom you know how like you're the viewer sitting over here you're looking into a a, yeah. a home which has th- and you see three walls. Yeah. The the fourth wall is that clear space between you, the viewer, okay. and and what's going on in the film or the TV show. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah, so, I know what you're talking about, but I never knew that. Now you'll see it everywhere. Like it's like when uh, the Office started doing those. No, that's not right. Like really where the where the, like where like the, where the crew somebody would come turns in and talks the camera. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Or where the crew comes in. Yeah. Fourth wall break. Where you're, it lets the audience in on part of the process of making the show. Like when when they're doing their interviews in the in the office, and they're like, "Oh wait, should I? Did you hear that?" I'm like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I that used to be like such a no no. You just didn't mm-hmm. see it anywhere because it's like mm-hmm. going to a show or seeing a show with something special. So you don't want to spoil that with you don't want to destroy the magic by letting them see what's going on. But now everything we're so inundated with content that. Mm-hmm. To have that little wink is really cool. Yeah. And so the whole thing is that he's like very candid and it's it's really good. Yeah. He obviously understands where where culture is going as far as how content's consumed. Yeah. Like, would you say you consume more 
more TV like like produced content or more raw like podcast YouTube type content? It would be interesting to look at the actual numbers and mm -hmm. see how they compare to what people perceive that they mm -hmm. do because I bet it's nowhere near the same. I bet it I see I feel like what like I'm when I'm watching TV on a TV and I'm sitting on the couch and I'm fully just like engaged in that activity. And that's including Netflix, you know, yeah, things streaming. that are produced. But yeah, yeah. That I feel like that's the one I do more, but really I'm every time there's a, a lull in my life, which is not really that often, but mm -hmm. fuck, I mean, I'll squeeze it in at a stoplight if yeah. I have to. Yeah. Like I'm pulling up Instagram and and I try to do it cuz I'm trying to promote the podcast on Instagram and the uh so it's like work, but it very quickly becomes just scrolling mm -hmm. and it's just like, how oh, they got me again. Yeah. So I don't know. What about you? I, I think now probably in the last three to four years, I think 2015, I started listening to podcasts and I've known about them since like 2009, mm -hmm. I think, um, just seeing them on Spotify and whatnot. And just like, oh, the app was on our phone. Who the hell is going to listen to this? Like, it was like a book on tape. Like, I don't yeah. have time for this. Like, Except one that people didn't take their time on. Oh yeah. I'm like, who, why am I going to listen to these guys? And then like 2016, I was working or somewhere in there, I was working with this guy named Pete and uh, he he was listening to Joey Coco Diaz, mm -hmm. and uh, one of my faves. I was riding around with him at work, and he's like had this on. I was just dying laughing. Like I didn't even want to work. I just wanted to sit there and listen to this. Like what is going on? He's like, oh, it's a church of what's happening. I'm like, I don't. He's, the church of what's happening was your first podcast. That was my first podcast I ever heard. That's quite a the first introduction. episode was uh, Action Bronson. Oh. He's great too. And they're talking about Washington Heights and buying dope here and going over there. It's like, whoa. Like you guys are talking about your drug like your drug deals and like Joey's like talking about robbing someone and I'm like kidnapped a guy. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Like now Joey's one of my favorite guys. His podcast is terrible now, but he he's I, I haven't he's, listened to he's him for He's transitioning, while. you know, into a into... different role in life. Oh, he's a dad. He's a dad now and yeah. he's living in New Jersey and like I know the guy. You know, yeah. I don't I don't know him. Dude. I, I feel wish like I, I do him, know these guys. Yeah, 100%. Joey Diaz. I mean, the Joe Rogan crew, the whole yeah. fucking network yeah. are like let's, my family. Let's get into this. So when did you start listening to podcasts? 2015. Yeah. So same time. Yeah. Same oh, wait. Time. Yeah, yeah, 2015. Similar. And I, my introduction was through Russell Brand. Oh. Yeah. yeah. When he was on Rogan? enough. No. So that, that was how I found Rogan. So the first time so I ever- So you knew Russell Brand's podcast before Rogan's? Yeah. Okay. Like- um, Russell Brand's podcast before the one he has now. So, and this one has gone through a few different iterations. Right uh -huh. now, he's on Luminary, and his podcast is called Under the Skin, and it's okay. But he's kind of transitioned him also, like like you're saying with Joey Diaz. But Russell Brand is now like way more into spirituality and that kind of stuff, oh, which really? I like. So yeah. I, oh, I still yeah. I'll still get into that, but um. It used to be way more just like off the wall, random shit. You know, Russell Brand, he's like a wild man. I thought he was more, I thought he was like really political too. He was that too for a while. Yeah. Um, and I've read his books too. They're, they're pretty entertaining. Mm -hmm. And they're, they've got some really good ideas. I mean, he's a smart guy. He's a good business He man. seems like it. He, I mean, he repackaged the 12 steps and sold it and made millions of dollars. The like, 12 steps, like Like rehab? AA. Oh. Yeah. Like he put the steps in a book, explained each is step, he an put addict? the F word in it a bunch of times, and then sold it. Is he an addict or just a, a He capitalist? was addicted to heroin and, okay. and crack, I think. Yeah, okay. Or cocaine. So I don't know anything about Russell Brand. But. Yeah, he, uh, he's he been clean for like 
20 years. So that was before he was famous? Yeah, I think right before. Like, mm-hmm. he, well, he was famous in Britain, before, like, during his addiction. But And then he plays, like, an addict or... Yeah, like do you a... remember when he was in Sarah Marshall? Yeah. He, that was, like, seven years after he was sober or something. <laughs> yeah. But anyway... Makes him a good actor, probably. Yeah, probably. Well, not really. He's not that good. <laughs> you don't think so? No. He's no. a good comedian. Like, he's funny. Like, he's a, he's like a ha-ha funny I don't I don't love him as a leading man because no. I'm, I'm like I don't know he He's seems like, like one a... of my buddies it'd be like if I saw you in a romantic comedy I'd yeah. be like come on like, no. you couldn't have got Ryan Gosling that got Lambert yeah yeah you should be an extra at like I don't know like a garbage dump or something <laughs> no no <laughs> do you ever watch the league yeah yeah it was he's right. more like a Rafi character Rafi which one is he he's the one that like craps out the booze the, I don't know. He's uh, Ruxin's brother-in-law. I don't know it. I don't know any of their names. Actually, um, I don't know why I asked. The, <laughs> I, I've watched the show though. It's been off air for yeah. a while. No, that's just who he reminds me. It's this like really annoying character, like that's just over the top always. Yeah, yeah. He had a podcast with this guy Matt something, and they were oh, very man. very British. And oh, see, that's the worst. I like it. Really? I like I like, like accents. Brits? I like having to work a little bit. Accents are cool. Yeah. Uh, do you ever listen to Andrew Schultz's podcast? Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. I don't like super famous. Like I like Rogan because I don't think Rogan was super famous before. Now he's like, he's on another planet. But and it's almost like it's almost hard to talk about it now because everyone's like, oh god, Rogan. I know like, it's like a cult. It's like no, what? It's listen to it, listen to it, and you won't feel that way if you want. But yeah. it's so big now that it's just like, who cares? Listen yeah. to it or don't. It's going to yeah. be there. When I'm at work, I pretty much have a wireless headphone. And it's just playing. Like, I have, like, five, six podcasts I listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's just all the time. And That's how I used to be. Yeah. I haven't really since I started this podcast. Well, you have a lot going on now. I have not had nearly as much time to listen to podcasts. Yeah. So you're missing out. Yeah. It actually makes me feel more inspired when I'm listening to them because I'm like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. It like, just fires me up about stuff to talk about. Podcasts pulled me out of a really deep depression. Really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. It really, it kind of like, like I was thinking I was crazy for a little bit. And then I like, you know, was listening to people who were talking about their stuff. And like, I was like, well, I'm not that fucked up, I guess. Yeah, maybe not. And then I met repair. some really like legit crazy people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, we're good. Like, we're yeah. good. We're just a little off. And between that and, and having a son and, you know, two other kids, it's not so depressing anymore. When I left college, it was it was in bad terms. And, uh, I mean, it was good and bad. Like, I felt good about it, but it kind of sent me into a funk. And yeah. some things happened, like, right at that time. Like, my biological father died, like, right Right after I came back. Yeah. Dude, daddy issues for days. <laughs> yeah. I don't know a single man without daddy issues. Or woman. Yeah, true. There, I know very few. Yeah. I, I tried to do a Father's Day episode where I was going to like have record a bunch of different people telling a, a, like a 10 minute story about their dad. Mm-hmm. And I just had the conditions of it's got to be a story that makes your dad look good, even if he was kind of a piece of shit this story needs to be about how he did something good once. <laughs> and I could not find people to do that. Oh, man. I think it's you a, have to be a certain age before you can really appreciate your dad. I think it happens at a different age for everybody. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it takes some appreciation, mm-hmm. some time to percolate. I I hated my biological father. I, I had trouble. So, like, I was, like, adopted late, like, 
sort of adopted, like, but they're definitely adopted me, just not legally. But my biological father and I had just horrible issues. I didn't know him until I was nine, and like, he so just he didn't want to be a dad. Who were you with before that? My mom, my biological mother, who's just she's a drug addict. Like, um, I don't see her very often. Like, I actually saw her. My brother died a few years ago, and saw her then. But yeah, I don't really have any contact with her. But my dad and I, like, so I lived with him for a few years. And then, like, we had a falling out. Like, he didn't know how to be a dad and didn't really want to. And then uh, when I moved back from college, he actually approached me. And I thought, like, why are you talking to me? And then turns out he had cancer. Oh, man. And died shortly. But it was it was probably the best thing because then we were able to, like, reconnect. And uh, it was, it was pretty. Because it made you open up a little bit? I just kind of had this feeling like I had to take this opportunity to at least see who I am. Yeah. Because at the point, I was lost. Yeah, I was like, man, you did some bad... In my eyes, you did bad things to me. But, you know, especially now that I'm a dad, and I wasn't a dad then, but I was like, like, I had no idea who I was. Like, I was trying to be someone who I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Like, trying really hard, like, to be somebody that... And I think everyone around me saw that, like, saw that I was What were you trying to be? I don't know. I don't even know. Like, I was trying a lot of things. Like, I was jumping jobs... I was, thought I was going to be a student, thought I was like going to just get a, just thought things were going to happen. Wanted to be popular and wanted to like be a party guy and be a, you know, yeah, I was doing that kind of stuff. And, and you think you were just running away from who you really were? Um, I think I wanted to be uh, the, the man. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I wanted to be the man. That's a pretty powerful drive in your 20s. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be the man. And uh, that was kind of like everything I did just trying to be the man, but, mm-hmm. um, and how did becoming a father change you? I, uh, want to be careful with how I say this, but I realized that not everything was about me first and foremost. And I also realized that I now had a responsibility and a challenge to, to succeed at something. There was a, a kid that needed a father, and, and I was that father. And there was nothing that could change that and nothing that could take it away. And it basically, I'd given, like, just didn't really care. Like, I'd pretty much given up my, you know, my financial life and everything, just content with doing what I was doing, you know, working shitty jobs and not needing a lot of money and just didn't care. and mm-hmm. um, Getting by. Yeah, and then when I had a kid, I was like, "Oh, this is what it's about." Like, this yeah, you is, feel it. This is what we're supposed to do, and this is what I'm supposed to do. And I got back to my roots, man. I, I started getting back into my family stuff and like the stuff my family was doing, and started, you know, like hunting again and showing up at family dinners, which I would dodge out because I was getting high or this or that or like just. Just stuff I wasn't doing. Did you find yourself remembering like, oh, yeah, I fucking love these people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like just getting back to, yeah. Just, getting back to your roots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what yeah. it was. And so like when my dad died, I was back here. I dropped out of school um, my senior year and had like one semester to go and just said, fuck it. That happens a lot. And uh yeah, it kind of started with uh, an acid trip, and I learned everything just, you needed to know. 
I didn't, I didn't realize it at the time, but yeah, it kind of changed. It kind of like, it kind of made me go, what the fuck am I here for? I do not want to be doing this. I do not like school. What I were you studying? Communications. Okay. Um, so pretty much the rhetoric side of the communication. So like speech side, um, public speaking, mm-hmm. a lot of that. So, and I would do good in like my major classes, but I was going to a Christian university and that was really a challenge. I was not religious growing up. Mm-hmm. I had no How'd business. you end up at a Christian university? I wanted to play golf. Oh, and that's so, right. so um, they gave me an opportunity to play golf and I took it and flushed it down the toilet. <laughs> I played for a couple of years and that was it. I forgot about your golf chapter. You were yeah. a good golfer. Not really. Were, well, did you go to state? No. Never went to state. Never went to state. Maybe I. Just I was like good enough. Good like I was one of the few golfers I knew. Yeah, I was like okay, but I just always crumbled under pressure and mm. like just didn't ever put the effort in. I was too distracted and too much of a. One guy in college told me he's like, "You're a head case, dude," and I'm like, "Wow, yeah, all right." I never know what that means. I don't either, but <laughs> like, I I think I'm kind of neurotic. I overthink things and I I sit there and I'll stew over things. If I have something that goes against what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'll sit there and like I'll warp it and warp it and warp it in my mind until it's like, oh, wait, I can do that and it'll make sense. Mm-hmm. You, know, you do these little mind games. And yeah. Like, that's got me in so much trouble. That yeah, and my temper is like cycles. the worst two things in my life. You have, do you have the rage? Oh, dude. Like, big. when has your temper gotten you into trouble? When hasn't it? No. Uh, what time do you want to know? It, well, is it, have you ever done something in public where you you let that out? let that yeah. genie out of the bottle and, yeah. and regretted it. Oh yeah. Or didn't, I don't know, but has anything, you have any good stories about I, that? I, I have lots. Um, there's like serious regrets. Like I've lost my, te- I lose my temper on a regular basis. Have you ever lost your temper, uh, over something that was ridiculous? Yeah. And then made a fool of yourself? I punched a lot of my friends, like just <laughs> over like stupid things. Mm. Um, once, <laughs> One time I thought Paul Blaylock was trying to chat out Paul. Yeah, but, hey, Paul. Uh, I don't, yeah, I, I don't want to say any names, but I, me and Paul got into a really serious fight one time because I thought he was, like, flirting with my girlfriend. And, like, he, like, showed up at the door and, like, he, I opened the door. I was like, motherfucker, and, like, swung at him. Like, we went flying across the dining room table and stuff. And felt super bad. Like, that's <laughs> super embarrassing. Well, he's also, like, one of the nicest guys. Yeah. I mean, the like, the nice, like a teddy bear. Yeah. Like a cuddly little. Like, super nice. I've never. Soft-spoken. Yeah. Like, yeah. Super Not nice Not the type guy. to punch in the face. <laughs> no, he's probably never been in a fight. Like. I don't know about that. Uh, but... I don't know. I used to fight a lot, and then I got hit. <laughs> when I moved back here, I was at the lamplighter, and I got hit by someone really hard in my face. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't and, feel good. No, it's the first time I've ever been hit. Mm-hmm. hard yeah where i had like like a noticeably messed up face for a little bit that's and that sucks. pretty much stopped i was like then i started watching ufc and i was like man i'm never fighting anyone ever again you like, don't know i'm gonna who. die yeah i'm gonna die and i'm too small and like frail they don't all have cauliflower ear no some no. of them are in disguise of no. a normal person they walk up and it's like oh i'm yeah. gonna put you to sleep yeah no but yeah back to temper like I, I think every bad thing that's ever happened to me is because I lost my temper. Like, I'm a self, self-sabotager self when it comes to that. Like, you just lose it and forget about everything that matters to you. And are there, do you still struggle with it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a daily battle. Like, now I have like small, like, it's, it's a series of small bursts until something triggers me. And like, it's like always a volcano. like a volcano. And then 
it just it just explodes. And if there's alcohol involved, it's it's sorry so I gave you a drink, man. Worse. Cut that shit out of your life. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, no. No, seriously, good. dude. The that's such a bad problem to have that you have. Like, there's like to constantly. Well, there's ma- alcohol. Manage. There's like there's getting trashed and not comprehending yeah, things. There's having sure. a drink. Like I've I've made. Like I wouldn't drink if I had a problem with it anymore. Yeah. Plus, and, it's not like you're sitting down with, to have a conversation with somebody who you, yeah. you have tension with. It, yeah, then yeah. you would know to to modulate. It's you. usually a woman involved that gets me that way, just because that's where your emotions are. Like, oh yeah, there like, you go. It's definitely like significant others and like family members bring it out. Like my brother, my half brother who passed away, um, <laughs> he would he would bring it out in me. Like he would know the right things to say. Mm-hmm. Like I remember freaking running over to his house in the middle of the night because he had texted me something and i like we were already heated like i had said something to him and like he had said something to me and then he waited till the right moment and said the right thing and i ran over to his house and like called him out i was gonna beat him up and then he come out and he's a lot bigger than me so i grabbed a golf club and like was gonna hit him with a golf club and then like went on the beach and cried and like i always cry when i lose my temper like, it's an overflow of emotion yeah i cry like i go down and like i usually try and go alone and my family knows like Tasha, she knows to leave me alone. My mom knows just just let me go. Like if I'm if I'm seeing like if I'm in that place, just let me go. Mm-hmm. As you're describing this, I keep remembering like a flash of something. Either at one point, you've either definitely I was with seen you, me. You've definitely seen me you, lose it, or you were, or it was directed at me, and I was confused. I or don't maybe know. both. But, like in um, school, like grade school, definitely like this was like probably middle school, high school, like around the time when. Um, I had that blue and white pickup, and we were we were like. Oh, when we went camping, I lost that, my temper then. Yeah, yeah. I lost my temper then because like my mom came up, and like the next day, and remember they came up that night. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll never forget that. That's fucking Dude. hilarious. I'll never see screwdrivers again without picturing Dude. my mom walking around sniffing the cups. Arca- <laughs> sniffing cups. Can I smell yep. your breath. Screwdrivers, screwdrivers, <laughs> pointing at that one. It's like. I'll, you'll never know how bad I felt about that because it was like the You should first... have. It was your fault. Well, yes <laughs> and was... no. It was, oh, was kind of, yeah, it was my fault. Um, that was but I was like super excited so to go. It was like the first time my parents ever let me like go do something. Yeah. Like I'm sure like it was everyone's like, I mean, yeah, it, was it seemed mine. like CJ had done a bunch of stuff like that. But, well, he always kind of had the uh, vibe where he, that he'd done it before, but I don't know that he I feel like either. everyone was like pretty green yeah. and like everyone was like acting like they knew what the fuck was going on. And so, like, my parents, the only way they were going to let me go is, like, if they knew where I was at. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, we're going to Salmon Creek. Because I didn't even know. Yeah. Like, I, hadn't, I had no idea where the – I didn't know what it was called. I didn't – you know, I know now. Yeah, CJ knew the name of – he Salmi knew Flats. the spot. That was Salmi his, Flats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but my, my sister, my adopted sister, uh, she knew. And she was, like, in the truck. And I, we, I had to drive past her house to get there. Mm-hmm. So, like, I told them how to go, like, Salmon Creek. And – uh I try to make like some wrong turns and shit, and it's just like no one goes over there. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that all came out. The funniest part about, well, the whole thing's funny. The whole thing's funny. I lost my temper the next day, and like I got a flat tire on the way down. I got a flat tire on the way in. Wait, oh really? Somebody must have thrown some nails out there. Yeah, because I got a I, yeah, I definitely got a flat tire on the way down, and I'd already been up and down because I remember taking Cody and Colton home, like in the middle of the trip. That's like, right. Because they had to go to work, and they they, they weren't gonna get to go, and I was yeah. like, well. Yeah, I'll just go home. Like I don't care. I'll go home and I'll come back. It's the nighttime's the fun part anyway. And uh yeah. Yeah, that's that right. Was, that's right. I felt so bad. Like I was like, man, I'm never getting invited anywhere again. We're a bunch of teenagers, 16, 17 years old, 
and we're out in the woods. We're in the woods doing we nothing wrong. We weren't going to hurt anybody. No. no. They should have left They should have left our beer alone. Yeah, they should have. But we we had built that little- uh, Why did I start running? Like, stone ice chest out in the creek. All the beers were just icy cold. I didn't even recognize my parents' car. Like, I remember not recognizing- I remember thinking it was a, a game warden. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was going to run. And years later, I'm thinking about it, like maybe telling the story about it or something. I've told it a hundred times. But I, I remember thinking about it, I was like, yeah, dude, I was stupid because my truck was parked there. Yeah. Like, all they're going to do is like, oh, whose truck is this? Mm-hmm. They already saw you. I, in my mind, I ran when I saw the truck, like, coming. Like, I remember running, like, first, and everyone's like, what are you doing? You did, because I think your mom got out of the car and chased Oh, yeah, you. they chased yeah, me down. She ran. And then I went down there, and when I turned around realized it was her and not the cops, I, like, started skipping rocks. Yeah. Because, like, there was a bank behind there. Like, I had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And I realized I, I couldn't even stand up really well. And so like, I'm skipping rocks. They come over like, hey, Michael, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, we're camping. She's like, oh, me, hey, let me smell your breath. I'm like, oh. like, I couldn't even breathe. I was just like so scared. And yeah. like, I was like, oh, man, like everyone's going to hate me. <laughs> like uh, I'm such a bad was, kid. Uh... I thought drinking, like I had such a religious like belief. Like I thought drinking and smoking pot were so bad. Me too. And if anyone found out like. Like, oh shameful. my God, you're, you're just, you might as well go live in the gutter. You're trash. Yeah. Trash. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. And I, I've, I, still I was always that paranoid shit. about being trash. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to be trash. I, me too. That's why I try really hard not to be seen as trash. I realize no. that like, I don't need, like I wear dirty clothes. Like all my clothes are stained on purpose. Like I, I don't wear mind either. only stained stuff. I, I do too, but not on purpose. <laughs> I just get shit on my on my clothes i work and you know i'm doing construction yeah like you know i'm just gonna get dirty yeah as long as it's not food i don't consider it dirty if it's there's there's some paint on this shirt actually i might no i'm wearing a completely clean shirt right now so do you want to hear the funniest part about that whole camping story yeah so years later i'm living down in eugene i'm turning 21 my family has like a little building that we call the meat shop where we do all of our like Whenever, you shoot your pornography? Yeah, yeah. That's where we shoot the porn. Where you guys, they butcher meat and everything. Mm. It's like they've been doing it there for 100 years, you know, for, or like 30 years. And uh, so we go there and it's, you know, growing up and seeing that, it's like cool. It's like, oh, that's yeah. where the men go and they drink whiskey and like tell stories about all kinds of stuff. Do man stuff. So I was like, you know, what better place to turn 21? I was like, let's, can we just have a barbecue and like go to the meat shop? And everyone's like, yeah, let's do it. You get drunk. Then you go up to the tavern and go, go drinking. So we're there, and my whole family waits till the whole party started, and they come out, and they pull out this bottle of fucking HRD that was that full and tainted yellow that was from our camping trip. What? Yeah. The so leftover vodka, the leftover half gallon of vodka, they kept the bottle. So I, th- it may still be somewhere. That's hilarious. Yeah. No, I think we took a swig out of it. HRD. HRD. Yeah. What is that? I don't even know. Hood River Distillery. Okay. I, re- I remember it was sitting on a chair. And Corey was like sitting by the fire. The blanket. Yeah, it, it was got covered cold. in a blanket. And he's, he like got cold and he reached over and yanked the blanket That's off. That's always and... been the punchline. Like when I tell this story, I'm like, we were so good. Like I don't They even... were leaving. Like, like I don't tell the up. story about like when I ran and looked like a little bitch hardly. Uh-huh. Like I tell the story as like, oh man, our parents came up and it was in my story. It's everyone's parents. So I don't look like the It was douche. your mom and my mom. Yeah. Like it was mostly up. my mom because she's like, she's like, she's a conspirator. That is so unlike my mom. My mom's not a conspirator. Yeah. I don't know how she ended up. She thought it was so cool. She knew I was getting fucked up and she would not have it. So (laughs) anyways, when I tell the story, I'm like always about Corey getting up like, oh, I'm cold and grabbing that blanket. And then we're like, well, 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 what do we got here? And it's like just rat fucked. 
Yeah, and they had known about the screwdrivers, and they were like looking for it. And yeah. we were like, we drank it all. It's gone. It's we. It's it's, that was from earlier. That was only a little bit. Yeah. It's like, oh, you lying little bastards. There was, there was like enough to get you know five, sixteen-year-olds drunk again. Mm-hmm. Like, I tell you what, I go camping with plenty of beer nowadays. Yeah. Like, I don't run short ever. I usually have to bring back beer, and I'm like, because I don't drink enough of it. Do you tent camp still? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With your kids? Oh, yeah. That's so much fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Greatest. We've got a spot out in Nacelle on the river that our just a family friend lets us go camp at. It's really fun. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. You mentioned that you started hunting. Oh, yeah. So how long have you hunted? So, like, I started hunting a little bit when I was a kid, like 15. I think 14 or 15 I started. But I didn't take it seriously. Did you ever get anything? Uh, no, no, no. When I started hunting, my adopted dad's best friend, like, kind of was like, oh, I'll take him hunting because he liked to hunt in the mountains and stuff like that. And he was still kind of going out there a little bit. And then I kind of like screwed him over one time. I was like, just blew him off to go do something else when Mm. I was really young. And then he never asked me to go again. Like they never, then I was like left out of the hunting group in the family for a while. Bad move. Because I, you know, I put some other priority in front of what the family was doing. And uh, back then I was like, well, whatever dude i just won't hunt but uh-huh. now i'm like i gotta do everything i can to like do these things yeah it's like a big priority not and only so for the cultural stuff and the family stuff but mm-hmm. it the meat is the highest quality meat you can get yeah and it's cheap yeah. like in yeah. that for if you go out and get it now yourself. i have a lot of mouths to feed so mm-hmm. an elk goes a long ways yeah um so anyways when i moved back from college and went through all that with my biological father and like you know, kind of discovered myself. I was like, oh, I'm going to start hunting again just for something to do. I was kind of by myself, bored. And I was still partying quite a bit and just wasn't taking it seriously. Like, kept trying to get advice and no one was giving me advice. Like, they weren't just letting me back in the group. Dude, barriers uh, to entry and hunting are horrible. Yeah. So, like, I'd ask a lot of people and I would ask friends, hey, do you want to go hunting with me? And like a weird feeling? We would do it and, like, I went with guys who didn't take it seriously, and it made me uncomfortable. You're never going to get anything except you, maybe killed. No, I'm like, we, exactly. Like, I went with someone one time, and I'm not going to say who it is, but we, it, very irresponsible, very scary to be with. and um, That's so fucking dumb. Uh, really, really put a sour taste in my mouth. And then I went with other guys who knew what they were doing, but, you know, it just... I, I think I didn't know what I was doing, and they just were like, whatever, you got to figure it out, kid. Yeah, and it sucks. Yeah. If you don't have a so dad that teaches you I directly. I spent seven years walking around, trying to figure it out, learning on my own, reading, uh, studying, listening, you know, just trying to get an edge. And there's no, there's no resources for this area. Like, there's none. You can read all the hunting books, and no one talks about Southwest Washington. I've thought, I noticed the same thing. Yeah. It's almost like there's an opening for someone to do it. It's cultural it's knowledge. Gonna, it's not going to be me. People who live here yeah. have it, and they pass it on to their yeah. crew, and that's it. You'd probably get shunned if you try and share it like that commercially. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so this guy, I finally got him to, like, start coming out with me, and now he's, like, can't really get around. But he tries. He likes going out there. It's just a well of knowledge. Just a well. And knowledge, like, like not like, hey, if you go around this corner, you're going to shoot something. But knowledge about the lay of the land and how the land works. There's a watering hole down here. Yeah, like, like, you know, what the animals have done over the course of history and where and what and how the logging's affected things and this and that. Stuff you can't really get in a book. Yeah, and just like, oh, yeah, if we go around this corner and, you know, now there's aerial photography and stuff, like, 
like I can learn now in a couple months what it took someone 10 years to learn just yeah. by studying maps and kind of knowing what things look like and just spending time. Like, what mapping apps do you use? Um, I use a combination. I use Onyx for, That's a good one. Um, for property lines and I use just Google Earth mostly because they have the best photos um, and they're updated more often. So you're more likely to find, you know, current logging because mm-hmm. that's the big thing is you want to find the logging and you know see what's current what age things are at and uh but yeah those two primarily base camp is really interesting because you can have a partner and your phones can communicate with each other so like i can look up like oh man i'm trying to find jeff oh look down there oh he's two ridges over you know i can meet up with him at this point. that's cool yeah so there's things like that and a lot of guys so a lot of guys will use that and then use walkie-talkies and whatnot to communicate, but I'm kind of out there by myself doing my thing. Me too, usually. Yeah. So how'd you get into it? Uh, my son, Sawyer. Oh, really? Yeah, Sawyer's a hunter, and he's gone with his bio dad and with his grandpa, and just it's never been something that I did because I like growing up here and being just immersed in yeah. the culture because just through osmosis, like everyone around us hunts, people hunt. And so like friends of my parents would give us meat or, or my dad would do body work for it. And we, oh, yeah. so we, we had wild game in the freezer. So you liked it, you knew time. you liked it. Oh yeah. And uh, I've always just had a fascination with harvesting from nature. Yeah. Like the idea of taking something that's just there, like it's just there. You just take it mm-hmm. and then you incorporate it into your life and it, it be, literally becomes you. It's what you're built out of. I like to do that with, with uh, ingredients from around where I was already, yeah. you know, where I was. So, like, that's why I'm into mushrooms, too. I, I don't even like to eat mushrooms. I have to force myself to eat them. I don't like mushrooms. They're gross, man. But they are fun as fuck to pick. And Psilocybin's are. <laughs> those ones are not fun to pick. <laughs> Um, because you'll scary. go to jail. Yeah, kind of scary. But That's the, a shame. It is, and I think it will change. Yeah. I oh, really me too. Do. Really, really soon. Do. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I don't know too. if I'll ever do them again, but... You might not need to. Microdosing is interesting. Yeah, there's some pretty interesting I'm, I'm really there. interested in that just for, like, mental health purposes. Yeah. Just as, like, a maintenance, just like a... Just a maintenance type. Like, I think it could work for, like, someone with anger problems. Like Yeah. Me. I think it could be... Yeah, really I think it would that. work... The same way that steroids work. If you want to build muscle, you know, you, you need to take them, but also lift weights. Mm-hmm. Like you could do the, do the microdosing, but also you need to do the self work. Like you gotta, you gotta be able to identify when things are going to trigger you. Yeah. I hunt with a 30-06 um, Springfield. And really? Yeah. Did your gun come to you in a special way? You're born to be a podcaster, man. Look at you interviewing me. I'm... But um, <laughs> yeah, it did. So my, this, I've had this gun my entire life. Uh-huh. It was my great grandpa's gun and he gave it to my grandpa stanton the first he gave it to my dad stanton the second and yeah. now it's mine that's and it's kind of also my brother's fucking gold it's just a family gun yes i shot it the first time when i was like six years old when uh-huh. when it was as, lo- as tall as me and i remember my dad hel- helping me hold it to like to like show me i love that where to get set like settled and yeah the, i i remember the way it felt in my like firing that thing i still it goes through my head every time i fire the gun now Mm-hmm. And it's just like all that's connected. It's all makes it very special when it's got a black walnut stock and it's been all refinished now. It's, it's nice. I have a gun that's very old like that, that 
maybe I've created the the story, but it came to me in a special way and not anything heritage, but that's what I want. Like I want to give it to my son and, you know, both of them mm-hmm. I have two and let, let both of them use it to hunt and have them like be able to give that away. And that would be so cool. That's yeah. a, that's the idealistic story right there. That's the American dream. I love that. I yeah. love that so much. That's so cool. It is. I think it's cool too. I didn't even target shoot really until, until I was getting ready to hunt. But like I never, I just didn't even, it was just like something that was, I knew was special to me, but I didn't really know why. Yeah. But now that I've actually like packed that thing around the forest for hours and hours and hours and I've killed a deer with it and it's just like, I, I'm bonded to that gun now. I really love it. Did you only kill a deer? Did yeah. you Did you only hunt deer or did you hunt no, elk No, I hunted well? elk too. And I just, I didn't start early enough like yeah. with, uh, I didn't know, I couldn't find the herd. Never, never fucking found them. I had like a few different spots where I was tracking elk, but I didn't put enough time and effort into the prep, which mm-hmm. next That's, year. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Like, I put none. I basically just like decided last minute to try to get You almost have to start like now. Yeah. And, yeah. and but your, your job. I like, saw three elk herds dude, yesterday. That's so much fun. Yeah. I love that. Like I was, I was hiking out in the woods the other day, like just on a whim in the rain, like just because I wanted to be out there. Yeah. And I didn't see anything, but it was like, that's what I was doing that day. Mm-hmm. I got soaked and miserable and you know, whatever. But yeah, it's, you definitely have to put in the time from what I've learned. I'm obviously like not an ex, I have one animal. Me and too. And, and I got it that's by all I need. a fluke. But I've been hunting for seven years. I've been hiking my fucking ass off for seven yeah. years because it's not easy hiking around here yeah. and i haven't gone to easy places because i i prefer walk-in areas me too that's all i want actually i'm i'm gonna i've done drive-in areas like i did some last year just because of the company i was with but i got my animal in a walk-in area we're young man we should yeah. be walking oh yeah that's how i feel yeah. and and <clears throat> i know people who hunt easier areas and it's like I've I've just always been drawn to the harder hunts because lower competition. Lower competition, dude. I hate when I get somewhere and I see this old dude out there, and I'm like, "How the hell did you get here?" Because this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or or when you're somewhere, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but you're out in the woods, and you're like, "Man, no one has ever been here before." I swear to God, no one's ever been. I am so far. I'm so deep into this. No one could ever be there. And then you look over, and there's a little orange dot like moving. I'm like, "Are you serious?" Yeah. This is unbelievable. Blame Joe Rogan. Yeah, what an asshole. I really do think that him being so into hunting has like He's relatively increased. new to it too. Yeah. But like, it's it's increased the reach of the hunting yeah. stuff a lot. He doesn't even really hunt. Well he he, he kills pays me. He pays a shitload of money to go on spectacular hunts. Like spectac like guaranteed spectac like guaranteed hunts. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. And he's well, got yeah, why you have he? the his best friends are the best hunters in the world. Yeah. Remy Warren. Like the Cam Haynes. Cam Haynes, yeah. Stephen yeah. Ranella, yeah. who's my favorite of all those guys. Yeah, he's cool. Are you, you a big fan of Meat Eater? Um it it's okay. Like I mean, the actually, show or I think the podcast? Both. Yeah. I think actually the show is is more entertaining yeah the, it's produced yeah yeah it's good they're but they're both good mm-hmm. i really like steve Rennell. i think he's i think he's really good he's very smart yeah mm-hmm. and he cares a lot about what he's doing absolutely like it seems like his his main motivation is to increase awareness and the right way to hunt he's a good person for the hunting community yeah to have and like him and Ken campaigns both are very involved politically in washington and like really on the forefront of what's happening to protect Where's hunting. Where's Steve from? He is from Michigan. Okay. And I don't know. I think he spends most of his time um, 
down in the desert. I'm not sure where. I think Cam Haynes is in Eugene. Yeah, Cam Haynes lives in Eugene. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah. Was Back just to Eugene. Yeah. I love that's my second home. I love that. I, I it's a, a cool town. I have a deep, deep affection for that place. I really like the track there at Hayward Field. Have you been to it for like events? Yeah. My daughter does Track Town USA oh, okay. and the Junior Olympics. And oh. Yeah, we had to wow. go there for her competition her semifinals a couple what? years ago. Is that before they renovated it or? they? So we went the year before they renovated it and the next year was when they were renovating it. Uh, So we had to go to a different one. Man, that place is so magical. It really is. You can feel the energy in there. Yeah. I was there for the Olympic trials a few times and it's every time, like one time in particular was really electric, but. That's one of my favorite things to watch. Track? Olympic track trials. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's like the culmination of so much work just the amount the sheer amount of hours it took to prep yeah. for one of those athletes let alone all of them oh yeah it's just insane and, and no one thinks about it it's just you're there for the event and then they do something great and most people don't even understand how great what they do is they should make one normal guy run with yeah like just for, yeah for just reference. to see like here and somebody who people think is like here we got wayne brady is going to run yeah. the 100 with these guys yeah. just to show you guys Dude, take how a, fast they really take are. Take an NFL athlete. Yeah. Take an, like an average cornerback and let them run. Like a couple of them will hang. There's some, yeah, that would There's some that would well. hang, but most of them are not going to hang. Like yeah. put them in the 800 against the best 800 runners. I, I mean, the I 800 know, is the hardest race in the world. I agree. It's, I think. It, it can be if you do it right. Yeah. Yeah, that that's definitely the most impressive race to me. There's probably some runner, like serious runner out there like you fucking idiot. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not an expert in running, but I've I've seen a race anything. or two. Yeah, it's fun. And they yeah, the eight hundred is, is its own beast. Did you run in high school? I did, yeah. I I did track. I did track yeah. in junior and senior year. I ran I baseball cross country that. but I got hurt and then I flaked out. I was I was like kinda fast. I did think. you do you did drama that, that year, huh? After you were uh, Um I did drama the junior year. Junior year? That was fun. I love that. You were that. great, man. I actually uh, have that in my notes to remind me to mention that, but I legitimately thought you were great in that play. Thank you. Yeah, I was shocked because I so I, I didn't even shocked. know you were in the play. Um, I I don't even remember how I ended up there, but like we were friends. I knew you, and yeah. I just yeah, didn't know you were a bit. drama guy. And it was I wasn't like the year after I had done a play where I played the the chubby sheriff. And oh really? Yeah. And, and so were you like, were you on the crew or something? Like, were you, I seem to remember you being around, but no, I was just, I just, just hung out. Yeah. I was just around. <laughs> so that, so my sophomore year I had like failed a class and I had to do summer school mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing good. Like I had a shitty GPA and, uh, I ended up in Amy Huntley's summer school class and Amy Huntley changed my life. She's a good woman. She, she pretty much called me out on my shit and was like, look, you can do the work or you can not do the work and you can be here every summer and not graduate and, you know, whatever. And I was like, or, and she's like, or you could just do this work. Yeah. And so I started doing the work and I started like, you know, she talked me into like, not really like nothing specific, but like, like talked me into like out, you know, getting more outgoing. And then like, once my grades were good, I could start doing sports and like doing extracurriculars. And mm-hmm. so it's like, look, I'll do drama. You know, it seemed cool. Maybe it's I, I might've been trying to impress someone. I can't remember. Well, you impressed me. But yeah, I I got a lot of compliments for that. And I was shocked because like up to like opening day, I didn't even know my all my lines. Like really? <laughs> I was like writing shit down on my hand. Like I'm sure I have a picture somewhere, but I had like paragraphs written on my hands. Well, that's the thing. I that's I think that's why I was surprised because but, I knew you as kind of like a, 
blow th- blow shit off blow shit off guy. kind of guy yeah, yeah yeah and you had a shitload of lines in that well, play well and it was monologues. like there was numbers yeah monologues numbers like the numbers is what got me i learned stuff in that play mm-hmm. from your yeah. from your part yeah. like about waste motions mm-hmm. do you remember talking about yeah. waste motions yeah, and he, wasted efficiency and he stuff was like a that? productivity expert that was the career in the play uh-huh. and so like there was a bunch of jargon like that as like yeah, I found it. He was always timing the kids like, like in and out, and uh-huh. like, yeah, it's weird. It's all coming back to me now. It's like I, I remember a specific scene where you're like explaining how to wash an arm or something, and you're like yeah. talking about the the difference between strokes this direction or this something. I yeah. Don't remember. Yeah, and you can I, cut off seconds because if you go up and down versus side to side or yes. something like that. And I was just like, holy shit, my the, mind is blown. Super well written play. Like, yeah, because I mean, obviously, I wasn't me. I was just memorizing. They made a movie out of it, right? With Steve Martin. Uh, well, they Except. made a, no. Well, there's a movie from back in the day that's more more correct to the play. Oh, okay, okay. Um, the Steve Martin play was like a, a modernization of the idea of having twelve kids. It has nothing to do. Like, okay. In the movie, he's a football coach, mm-hmm. and in the play, he's a or in the old movie and play, he's a productivity expert. So they just like, oh, this is a kind of a cheeky name. Like, we'll just yeah, use it. like a productivity expert is not going to be more commercially sold than a football coach and no. a college football. You can make more stories out of a college football coach. Yeah, but and then the, the first wife story was a for writer. A productivity I love that movie. Is like, you got to explain what that is. No one yeah. even thinks about that. As a yeah, job. and then it's mostly like over people's heads. It yeah. was over my head at the time because <laughs> I was definitely not more productive after doing that play. Well, I was I was more productive after watching it. <laughs> Were you? Yeah. God, I'm glad I got a good reach yeah, on that. Yeah, that was. Shout out cheaper by the dozen. Cheaper by the dozen. Yeah, I don't think about that much anymore. It's nah. not like it's not like one of my highlights. Yeah, the dumbest shit is my my top ten. What are what are your memories that you always go back to? Um, mostly just dumb my like dumb things. I I the things I had fun because like my life's so much better now. I guess more fulfilling now mm-hmm. that I look back and like ah that was fun. Like even though it turned out bad, and, like yeah, it was fun. Mixing it up. Yeah. Um, the car accident. You were in a horrific car accident yeah. when we were kids. Yeah. And um, that had to be pretty impactful. How did that affect you? Oh, man. That That is, yeah. That impacted me in a lot of ways. At first, it impacted me, I mean, obviously superficial because I got hurt. And I obviously hurt someone else really bad. Um, I don't know what should I say who was with me? Yeah, I think uh, it's fine. Casey Marsh. Shout out know. Casey Marsh. Yeah. Hope you're doing um, all right, buddy. Yeah, I hope you're doing good too, man. There, that definitely caused a lot of tra- trauma for me, um, just knowing that I hurt someone. It wasn't anything I did wrong. I don't think, like, looking back, I don't know what I could have done differently. I've played it over and over a million times. And, uh, you know, at the time, it made it, I mean, it really made it so I didn't want to drive, but that was like nothing. Some PTSD? What? Yeah. Severe. Like I'd be in the passenger seat and like gripping as soon as someone like shifted in their lane a little bit. Yeah. And then like, I didn't even want to drive. I When I drove again, I had to get a car with airbags because my truck didn't have airbags. Dude, you know, you're and hurling like, through space mm-hmm. at a obscene speed. It's yeah. not an, it's not a crazy reaction. The crazy <clears> thing <throat> is that we're all used to it. Yeah. So then I bounced, I bounced back, like graduated high school. Everything was fine. I'd, Went to work on a tugboat, you know, didn't really notice anything. Um, then when I, like, quit that job and decided to go to college, I was living down in Eugene. So this is, like, probably two years after that car wreck. Um, I thought everything was done. I get a call from a lawyer. Then my parents get a call from a lawyer. 
and said, oh, we're going to go to court. There's a lawsuit being filed. And uh, Shit. I Against think um, that was, it was part of it. Yeah. Who's filing this lawsuit? Um, I, th- I think, yeah, everything's done. So Casey Marsh's family filed a lawsuit to cover expenses. Oh, shit. Um, so what ended up happening is I went in for like a deposition. So like this is all like coming back after two years of trying to deal with my own trauma. You know, this is all getting brought up again. So now you're going back to court and dealing with this thing. It's like, man, so I'm like thinking I'm over this thing. And then all of a sudden I'm dealing with this. I'm like, wow, this kid was really fucked up or yeah. you know, really ruined his life i would imagine he might not think about it that way but what what exactly happened so we were going to golf practice we'd just gotten out of school we'd stop by his place got some stuff stop by my place got some stuff casey had some snacks or something i was chewing gum i went to go throw my gum out the window and just just happened to swerve over enough to catch a telephone pole and um, this is on a, a narrow two-lane road. Sandridge. Yeah. Sandridge. So it's it's not like um, the freeway. No, no. Stuff's it's, right next to the road. So like we weren't – we obviously like weren't going that fast because we had just left my house, like not very long. Like it was just a combination of like he was doing stuff. I was driving – probably driving my knee. I don't know. I had my one hand. I was rolling down the window, you know, before they had real windows. And uh, just fucking hit that pole, man. I remember it's like a bomb went off. And uh, when I came to, like I actually ran – I don't know how I ran, but I ran to a house, pounded on the door, and then ran back. And when I next thing I know, I was getting in an ambulance. Like I didn't even remember running to a house. The neighbor said that I ran to a house. Wow. And like so, you're concussed, probably. Yeah. And then I guess the neighbor said I, I was like trying to open the doors of the truck and shit, and like screaming. And then then somehow I ended up on the side of the road, like passed out. Like Jeez. the adrenaline came and then left, and then I went out. And then I remember, like, came to in the hospital and like, Casey screaming, dude, in the next next room over. And, like, I couldn't – people were coming in, like, my girlfriend came in, my mom came in. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to – I wanted to die at that time, dude. Like, just – It was yeah, so bad. bad. I remember asking, like, moving into a different room because, like, I didn't want to hear him screaming and shit. So I didn't know what happened to him. He wasn't – like – I didn't. I didn't know how bad it was. I knew how bad I felt, and like, were you both pretty injured? I didn't break anything, but I was. I mean, I hit my head really fucking hard, and yeah. like that rattled my brains a little bit. And I, you know, I had a hard time walking and stuff. But I wasn't. It wasn't like nothing like him. He. He got a bad. Yeah. Um, they had to use a jaws to get him out. He broke most of his bones, I think. Lost all of his teeth. It's such a sad, sad deal. Um, yeah, that's one of those things I would try and block out. Yeah, we'll block I got, it out of this two, podcast. I got I'm sorry two. No, 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 no. You can bring it. Like, you can, I don't. I don't care. Like, I don't have any problem talking about it. It just is like a really hard it thing. It is tragic. Yeah. There's two. I got two stories like that. I got another one. I'm gonna get super serious with you for a second. Yeah, man. I'm um, ready. So I told you about my biological parents a little bit, and I live yeah. with my mom. So my mom was a drug addict, and. Uh, she lived down in Modesto, California, and I lived with her. And she lived kind of all over, mostly homeless, just like bouncing from place to place. So, I mean, think about how far you remember back as, you know, I'm 34. So, like, I remember a few things from when I'm three and four, maybe. And, like, mostly, like, from five on, I can kind of remember things. And then it's, like, pictures. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, do I remember that or do I remember someone telling me that? Yep, it gets real complicated. So, you know, when you're a kid, you just kind of go along with things. And uh, 
when I was about seven or eight, say eight, my mom had started running drugs. Like, I don't know if it's for the cartel or what I didn't, you know, I wasn't old enough to know, but I know that she was leaving for days at a time and she would like put a bunch of top ramen in the house and leave me like, lock, Shit, don't like, don't go anywhere. Like you stay home. We were, we actually had this little house, like a two bedroom house and like, I was like a weird little kid, like I slept in the closet and shit, but, and like we lived on a hide-a-bed mostly. And she'd come back and like, she always has a lot of money when she comes back from these things. And I remember, um, I wanted to go somewhere else. I didn't want to stay at the house. I had like this weird thing going on. I was like, I got to get the fuck out of this house. You know, eight years old, I didn't say fuck, but yeah, you know, I got to get out of this house. And it's like, it's hard to explain that part because like... This is a drug addict's life. This is a heroin yeah. addict's life as a little kid. Mm-hmm. So, and it's kind of like a like a subdivision neighborhood. I don't even know why we had the house. Like, I don't. It doesn't make sense. Like, she never had enough money to get a lease on a house. Like, obviously, she had some weird deal to have this house. So you just have flashes. Yeah, and the neighbors. Memories. Like, I remember playing with the kids, and this one neighbor, like, they hated my mom. They didn't want this druggie and the and the thing. I, like, I'd always go over there, and the <laughs> fucking guy would give these kids popsicles. Probably a pedophile, but he wouldn't give me a popsicle. I was like, you motherfucker. What a dick. Yeah, he would never give me a popsicle. I'd you two popsicles. He's like, you're a little homeless kid. Get out of here. Like, yeah. Whatever, dude. Like, I always had, like, the dirty clothes. I was, like, the st- I was a stinky kid back I then. I bet. Living in a closet, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Nobody taking care of you. So, uh, I remember... Anyway, so that guy, that guy in particular, I thought he would be nice to me. Like, he, he gave everyone popsicles. I was like, yeah. you know, eventually I'm going to get my popsicle. He probably knew you were a so, tough little kid and you weren't going to take any of his pedo bullshit. Maybe that was it. He's like, man, I'm not going to be able to fuck this kid. Yeah. You know, his butthole's off limits. Yeah. Tough yeah. kid. He's, he's paying attention. Plus, even if he would let me, he stinks. <laughs> we're not letting him get none. Yeah. So she came back. I didn't want to be there. I had fallen asleep on the couch because she went in the bathroom to shoot up because she had had her money, got her fix. And uh, next thing I know, I wake up. And boom. Boom. Boom, fucking, I look over and the fucking door comes flying in. Like the hide bed was in the front room and the bathroom was like, it's like front room, then bathroom and then a little hallway back to this other bedroom. And they run in, one dude jumps on the hide bed and puts a gun to my head. Two other dudes run over, start searching the house. They find my mom in the bathroom. She's still got the fucking belt on her arm from shooting up. She like passed out in the bathroom and fucking, they start beating the shit out of her and, uh, I don't know if I should be cussing this much, but no, yeah, man. They're tell, they're tell fucking story. they're beating the shit out of her, and uh, eventually I'm like, fuck, they're gonna kill us, you know? They're gonna kill us right here. I'm I'm eight years old, so like I'm You're well aware. old enough to know what's going on and why these people are here. And they keep telling her, "Where's the dope? Where's the money? Where's the dope? Where's the money?" What I didn't know is that her and her friend, who were in this little operation, they had like ripped off the whoever they were working for. I'm sure they were running down to Mexico, like Arizona, like on the border, and then kept bringing it back up into California. And so they'd ripped them off somehow. And somehow they fucking knew where we were. And like, it was just weird because I didn't want to be there. Like, I remember just wanting to leave. And she was like, oh, we'll leave after I do my thing. And And she's not. She had no intention to leave. She's just gone. She's just, she went in there and she wanted to shoot up. And she goes, he'll fall asleep. I'll shoot up. Blah blah blah. So, not thinking of you as a as a person. No, no. This is just just a chore. Just shut up. Yeah. You know, mind your business. So when they left, like they just left. Like she said something to make them leave. And I don't like. I remember 
a little bit, but I'm not sure I remember what she said, but she said something to make them leave. So the guy pretty much threw me off to the side. The three of them went outside and next to the door that was all smashed in, there was a picture window. And I was so sure I'd seen enough fricking movies to where they were going to leave and then just start firing through the window. Like that's what I was picturing in my head. And, uh, I was like, Oh man, we got to So I'm like crawling. I crawl over to my mom. I take her back to the bedroom. I make her crawl out of the window. She's like messed up, bleeding out her forehead, like super messed up. And uh, I drug her out of the window. I pretty much freaked out that we're going to get blown away, like, at any point, like, legit. And uh, go down two doors to pedo fucking popsicle guy, start banging on his door. And it's like probably, I don't know what time it was, but it was dark, middle of the night. There was no one alive. Like, there's no one around. Yeah. Uh, so just bang on the door, bang on the door. And I'm screaming. My mom's like, no, let's just go. Let's just go. It's fine. Let's just go. I'm bang. He comes to the door. I'm like, Hey dude, these guys just robbed us, broke into our house. And the fucking guy was like, can we use your phone? Like I need to call someone. And, uh, my brother who passed away, his grandma lived in the same town. Like she was like kind of a grandma of mine too. Like she took care of me cause my mom was always in jail and shit. Mm-hmm. So I'd always go there when something happened. I was like, just let me call my grandma and like, let me, I just need to get a hold of somebody. He's like, no, no, that's what you get when you do drugs and get out of here. I'm like, are you serious, dude? Jeez. So like, I could grab my mom and I'm like eight year old dragging my mom down the street. And every time a car would like, every once in a while a car would come, I'd be freaked out that there were. It was the guys. That, there's like serious gang problems in this town. So like, you just didn't want anyone to see you at night ever. Like yeah. it was just a scary thing. So like, yeah, we're ducking behind bushes. Like I'm like leading my mom, like I'm freaking in a war, like hiding out like a schizophrenic, like, like hiding from nothing. Yeah. Like, you're just, but out. also kind of hiding from everything, but hiding from everything. Yeah. And so we get to a payphone. I remember calling collect and she, uh, my brother's grandma finally came and picked us up. And like that night there was always like 12, 15 people living at this part, like seriously like trash people. Mm-hmm. But like, so there's always these people. So I had to go like sleep on the floor, like next to two other people that I barely knew that I just played with once in a while. Like there'd be all these grown ups that live there who are, you know, her kids or her nephew or niece. And then like their kids would just pile on the floor. It's just like a total fucking compound place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, looking back, it's kind of like, I was, I remember being comfortable there because there's always food and stuff like that. But so I remember going there and, uh, you know, after a couple of days, like my mom tried to get her shit together and I told her, I was like, you got to go to the police. Like, this is fucked up. Like, this is not right. And so we went and I don't know if like I made, like, I feel like in my memory that I made her go. And I remember going and like looking through these pictures and it was just like books and books of black people. I'm like, I don't, they had masks on, dude. Like, I don't remember anything. Yeah. Like, they had guns and masks. Like, you've shown me a dude with a gun and the mask. That's the dude. Oh, like, I'm sure they had somebody ready for you. Yeah, they did. But I, you know, I don't know what I said. Maybe I sent someone to prison. I don't know. Dude, <laughs> there's a good chance that, I mean, I wouldn't say you sent somebody to prison, but that's a ready opportunity for them to fuck over somebody. Like, that's, that's exactly such it. a common tactic. 
yeah, I'm actually never, I, I've thought like, maybe I, I don't remember saying anyone. Like, I just remember looking at it and like, not knowing. Like, They've got a kid here who can put somebody away for them. Of yeah, course they're going to bring yeah, in five that's what they That's they what they did. And they, they'll go, oh, is this, is it this guy? And I'll be like, I don't know. You know, it's like they wanted me to. Exactly. But yeah, looking back at it like that, I was like, man, but you, maybe can, they you can, who knows? you can see how they would though. They are. Can, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. In that same situation. Mm-hmm. So anyways, my mom never followed up on it. My biological mom, not my mom now. Um, and uh, I turned on her. I pretty much didn't want anything to do with her at that point. I said, I want to go back to Washington. I didn't know my dad, my real dad. I didn't know him. I knew of him. But, like, I knew my grandpa and I knew my brother was here. And, like, I was like, yeah, I want to go to Washington. Like, so, I, I knew of Washington. I went to first grade in Ocean Park. Okay, that's what I was just going like, to ask. Yeah, I, so I, I had a little taste of it. I knew it was safe. I knew it wasn't gangbang central. Yeah. You know, down in California. And it's just, man, to go from that to, to life here, like, that's why I got in so many fights, like, in sixth grade and, like, seventh grade. I was just fighting everyone. That story puts that in really clear perspective to me. Yeah. It was just like, like a lot. No it was, shit. It was, of course you're fighting. It was a lifetime of that until, like, it felt like a lifetime at eight years old. And then you move up here. And, like, I lived with my dad for a little bit who didn't really know what to do with me. I was like, hmm, you know. And I didn't really have any structure until yeah. the Sheldons took me in. And then I had some structure. But, yeah, you know, it was enough. Yeah, it was enough. It was more than enough. I mean, there's the most generous people in the world that take in some fucking homeless homeless kid, you know. That's really something special. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah they're a good people, family. People who can do something like that for a fellow human, those yeah. are one in a million people. Yeah. Just because of someone they knew, you know. Yeah. Dude, I did not know that story. And yeah. it really, really shines a light on so much about you. Like, yeah. I don't share it very often. I, you I know, see why A couple not, of people man, that were hard. close to me, you know, my, my girlfriend knows and, you know, a couple of people from my past. And uh, some people, you know, I've told parts to. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's an easy story just because, like, like undoubtedly i've had to run that over my head like yeah like a million times and imagine all the times it runs without you knowing it like, it used to it dude, used to yeah. now it doesn't when you're that young and some trauma like that happens to you it, yeah. it is imprinted on you i used to forever. have some serious panic attacks in the middle of the night yeah and like yeah and did they just go away or did you yeah. learn techniques no, they went to away. get rid no, of them no they just well no i never did any ther- like they tried to send me to like so another part of growing up like that is you learned to lie yeah and you learned to lie as 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 a priority Survival not a, no, not a priority like a necessity mm-hmm. so like i could never That's how you get shit i could never go to school she always would tell me like if you tell anyone that i'm a drug addict they'll take you away and you'll live in a foster or an orphanage she always said like, I didn't, they don't even have orphanages. But, like, she would tell me crazy shit like that. So I'd be like, you know, I remember people would ask me, like, because obviously you got a stinky kid in class and, like, yeah, you know, there's something going on. You know, it's, yeah. so people would ask and I, I would always say, no, no, no. And then, like, when I came here in, like, fifth grade, it was, like, I didn't have a reason to lie. Like, and all, my dad was, like, poor. He's, like, an oyster picker. Like, you know what oyster pickers make. Salt of the earth. I was, I was, I oyster picked a lot, but my dad was an oyster picker. And then he had like this kid show up who was nine years old, who he didn't have anything to do with for nine years. Like, and a nine year old needs a lot of attention. And a nine year old who's been through some like, fucking trauma. And yeah. like, like, 
like I look back like had I not moved up here like I'd probably be in prison or dead or something like there's nothing good gonna come out of that dude I really I'm like dumbfounded that's so I've had guardian angels man I've yeah I've had a I've had some people looking after me like at every stage like so at that stage obviously someone was protecting me that night like there's no reason those guys didn't kill us they they would have got away with it yeah it was just another ghetto mother and kid you know they had no reason not to um do you believe in god oh yeah, yeah. i'm i i am anti-christian i know there's a lot of baggage with that question um, but do you believe well, that there's so, someone watching out for you something yes. some energy some person I think whatever that there's, you think it is i think there's a god Let's, yeah, I want to get into this while we yeah. have time. Hold on, really quickly, let me put a bow on that topic. Okay. Um, there are certain parts about you that have always been an enigma to me because you're like just talking to you, you're, you're obviously like an intelligent, thoughtful person. And then I would hear these stories about you in life doing this crazy shit. <laughs> and I would, it just didn't make sense to me. And I was like, why isn't he thinking this stuff through? And mm-hmm. I realized, and it was mostly just like yelling, yelling, getting mad, interact, interactions with other people that went foul. That's, and yeah, that's I'm, most of my life. Now I'm realizing like when you were a lump of clay, you were formed by this world into a person who needs to make sure you are taking care of your fucking self. And that, that makes you really easy. I mean, and. Makes you an angry person, I think. It makes you ready to defend yourself at, yeah. at the slightest need. Like, I like the way you put that. Yeah, it's not about be it, being angry. It's about protecting your interests, and mm-hmm. and you, it becomes a habit. And so that, especially if you if you're never taught differently as as a young person, it just becomes ingrained, and that yeah. just becomes who you are and how you respond to the world. Yeah. And I can see now, like still as an adult, you're you're doing work on yourself, at, like as you're just looking at your own behavior and looking at your own yeah. life and seeing how when things are this way you feel good and when things are this way you feel bad. And it all just seems like all those puzzle pieces fit together to create this person. And that's really special. I think when you see it in your children, like I see a lot of like the temper problem having toddlers and uh-huh. like seeing how they react. I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm a toddler. That's how I feel like, sometimes. <laughs> like, holy shit, dude. Like I respond the same way. Like, no, you can't do that. And I can, I can actually explain to my kids why you can't respond that way. And like that, I'm going. Well, that's a pot calling the kettle black. That's, that's beautiful, exactly man. how I would have responded, little fucker. That's what's <laughs> like, so great about this life. You just learn as you go. Dude, We're they, figuring it out. The kids blow me away every day. But whenever, like them, like coaching them on losing their temper has been probably the best thing for me. Because you can't bullshit, dude. My girlfriend would tell you so much otherwise. She'd be like, "Dude, your temper is fucked." <laughs> but <laughs> well, I'm sure she gets the worst of it. But she does. Yeah. She does. She's put up with some. Some scary, because a lot, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. I don't, yeah. don't want to get back into it too much because it. No, know, it's a dude, I feel like that actually connected the dots really well, at least yeah. for me. Like, it just shows where, you, what your journey has been, like where you're, yeah. where you've been and where you're going. Yeah, and you don't, I mean, you can't explain that to everyone. And no. you don't you know, need to. Yeah. And there's. I don't know. I definitely have good friends that I don't talk to and probably can't talk. Maybe I could, but like I'm, a, I'm like a sh- either ashamed to. Uh, it's really hard to go back when you blow up on someone and tell someone to fuck off. Yeah, it is. And it, it's really hard to go back and be like, dude, 
I don't know. It's just like you have too much pride. And there's like, I could think of 20 people right now that I'd be like, if I could, I'd go back and be like, you know, man, I didn't really mean what I said. I was it's kind of wor- being a dick. when you say something that's true that you shouldn't have said. Oh, yeah. Like, you suck at this job, whatever it is. Or, you know, oh, yeah. So-and-so actually fucking hates you. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. You can't go back. And no. it's like, that was that no. should not have been said. Or when you, like, yeah, like, because there's, there's people who probably know yeah, you know, who, know how I am and have been my friend and, like, bit their tongue, whereas, like, I'm not the type of person to bite my tongue. If I, if I see something I don't like, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> and it's a problem. Yeah. But... I'm definitely the type of person to bite my tongue when when I need to, yeah. and sometimes that that will become a habit too. And sometimes that can be just as maladaptive mm-hmm. because you you end up not speaking up for yourself when you need mm-hmm. to. It's it's all a fine line. You just got to figure out yeah. where where you fall. My girlfriend and I like when we first got together, like that was a hard thing for her. Is like, like I'm just gonna not like I can't not talk, I can't talk to you and not yell and like uh-huh. be mad. So I'm not gonna talk, and then we won't fight. But then you don't talk, and they never understand where you're coming from. You, you never understand where they're coming after from. You're not mad. And like, so now, like, it's hard. But I don't know. We like a little tiff. Like, I was hanging out with my younger brother, and like, we ended up at the bar and had a few drinks. I came home a few hours. I forgot my phone at home. It's like she knew I forgot my phone, but mm-hmm. she's like, "Oh, there's no phone with anyone else." I'm like, "Well, no. We were golfing and drinking, and like, I'm some, you know. Normally, that would have been a big fight." Mm-hmm. But I went outside. I was like calm. And next morning, I, I said sorry. Probably yeah. the first time I've said sorry ever. <laughs> Did it feel good or no? Feel bad? It felt terrible. Really? But then, I love a then good she sorry. Was, then she wasn't mad at me anymore, so that felt good. But did you actually believe you were wrong? Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah, then I the sorry wrong. should have felt good. I was You're wrong. Fucked up. <laughs> yeah. No, I. Yeah. No, no. I'm always wrong. When you say a reluctant sorry, and and but you actually were like, yeah, I was fucking right though. But, I'm sorry. You don't know how to interpret events. That's not the same as being like, man, I'm so sorry. I, I, I just, I was having fun. I got distracted. I didn't think to call. I really should have put you first. Yeah. I had a situation recently and it's actually, I bet you if I saw the person, it would still be like a big deal and it got a lot of people involved, but someone was being shitty to me uh-huh. and like, I, it was one of these times that I don't think I was in the wrong until I reacted the wrong way. How were they being shitty? Uh, just being a smug fuck. I offended your honor in uh, some way. Yeah, yeah. Not offended, important the details. Not really. No, the details are definitely, and I don't want to bring it up too yeah, much because yeah. then someone might call me on the way home and be like, you motherfucker. Even though this isn't live. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Someone will hear me thinking about it. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I was... They were in the wrong, and then they pissed me off so much, and then they wanted to fight me in front of a crowd of people. Oh, jeez. And I reacted by breaking something of theirs. I was like, well, fuck you. This <laughs> On is... their body or like, one of their no, possessions? No, one of their possessions. Uh-huh. And uh, then that, that, that was fine. And then they're like, well, you need to apologize. I'm like, no, I am not apologizing. I am, will never apologize. And he's lucky that's the only thing that happened. And, like, so that kind of immature attitude is not uh-huh. good. Like, that... Well, that's I mean, just kind of who I am. It's not the worst thing in the world, but yeah, you could probably live a better, easier life without it. I could it. probably be a lot less like, like, yeah, you, that adds weight to your shoulders. And yeah. like, then you think about it. And then the next time you, maybe you don't think about it. And then the next time you see that person, like six months down the road, it's like, oh, fuck, yeah, I got to walk this way. What if you forget and then you're just like nice to them and, and then they're, yeah. and then they remember like that yeah. would happen to me. 
I, I don't have a real good memory about specific like interactions. I'm pretty sure I th- I thought you hated me, and then one time I ran into you at Pioneer, and uh-huh. I was like, uh, I think you had just gotten married. It was like the middle of the night, and it was like we it was like oh we didn't mean to run into each other, but we had okay. to like say hi. Uh-huh. But then you were like, oh yeah, hey man. Like, oh, it's always a pleasure. And I'm to see like you. I'm like oh well I wasn't sure. Uh huh. Because uh, I didn't remember like we ran into each other, and you'd mentioned like you'd come to my apartment. Oh yeah, yeah, and, uh, Eugene. I went to a party yeah, at your house. I didn't remember that. I didn't. I don't. I remember party. the party uh-huh. very well. I remember everything about the party except for you. Because uh-huh. <laughs> there was, was a lot the of, of the party. There clearly. was a lot of things that happened at that party. <laughs> yeah, that uh, were more important than seeing Jeff Nesbitt. Not really. Yeah, I just, Not really. There are more important things. Uh, the only time I remember seeing you was in, like I said, Humboldt. Mm-hmm. I went to see Luke. Oh, that's right. Um, we okay. So I got a hard out at four, like four ten, because I got to cool. go pick up my daughter from Steam. Yeah, it's like science, technology, education. What do you want for ten minutes? Let's think. I better look at my list. I haven't pulled out my my bullet reminder. We didn't do once. crypto, but that's, that's okay. Fine. People are tired of it. That's yeah. yeah I'm tired uh, of it mostly because I will just sound dip. stupid. Just because, I don't know. But my crypto is the only crypto doing good today. That's pretty cool. But it's because it got listed on Coinbase. Didn't do much for Doge. What, the list, the Coinbase listing? Yeah. It didn't really make much of a difference. Not much, but it's, it has for other things. Yeah, a lot. But the... Yeah, It'll the be short-lived, stuff's, though. Stuff's it's, been trading sideways for, like, weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I Let's get into the podcast. Yeah, the podcast. Let's talk stuff. about... Do you like... So... Oh. I know. Hmm. You want to do stand-up. I do. I would love to. Are you going to do it? I don't think so. I decided to podcast instead, and I like it. It's it's So you, far, it has completely quenched that. You should do an open mic. I, I don't know where I would do it. Make one. Yeah, that's actually I know they have idea. them in Portland. I bet you can go to Portland on any given night. Yeah, they do. The, I think stuff's starting to start back up again. Honestly, I love the, stand-up. I love stand-up, too. I love it's it. Been, who's, your, who's your favorite comedian's? Right now, Andrew Schultz, I think, is probably the funniest Dude, guy working. Dude, his crowd work is amazing. It's pretty damn good. And yeah. just the fact that he can market himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, that he did a crowd work special. That mm-hmm. like, He put out a special that was just him talking Brilliant. to the audience. Brilliant. Completely improv And that, like, put him on the map to a lot of people. Are you – do you like Tony Hinchcliffe? Yeah, I do. Are you a fan of Kill Tony? I, I haven't seen it. I, j- I was just watching this show the other day called Crashing. Where it's like about a stand-up comedian who's like getting his start, and he goes oh, really? to a Tony Hinchcliffe's roast battle. Oh, really? Yeah, and he wins. It's it's a it's a pretty good show. Oh, but yeah, I like him a lot. Is he your guy? Um, no, Who but he is interesting. Working right now. Who's the funniest comedian working? Ooh, I like your deal on uh, on uh, Schultz. I like Tim Dillon, but he's not everyone's flavor. I have not actually seen his stand-up. His, I, there's not a lot out right now. I just um, see his podcast or listen to him. He's really God, cool. there's like so him. many funny. I just like him because he's, he's so bombastic. Yeah. He's like, it's almost like he's trying to become Trump. Uh-huh. It's like he <laughs> looks funny. so much like Trump. He was, he was at the, the Bitto conference, Bitcoin conference. Oh, really? And uh, God, he was up there at the Winklevoss twins, and it was fucking horrendous. I bet he was in heaven. He loves him a tall drink of water. He does. I bet he, yeah. You think he's gay? Yeah. You really do? I do, yeah. I think I. Think I don't is. know that I believe it. Really? You've I, seen him fucking women? Well, I haven't seen him fuck a dude either. Oh, 
Touche. Yeah, you show me I'm fucking a dude. But he says he, he likes dudes, so that's why I he believe does. him. He yeah. does. But, but he's also a character. Yeah, but get this. Would he be able to say some of the stuff he says so freely if he was a straight white man who looked like he does? I think so. Hmm. Because I don't I don't. It looks too much him, like Trump. I don't hear him play the say gay Trump's. card ever. Oh, all the time. Really? Yeah. When? All the time. He, he even jokes about how he even jokes about pretending to be gay. Well, I know, but the, like, he doesn't, I don't know. He just doesn't seem to, yeah. to lean into it as much as he could if he wanted he to do that. Yeah, there's definitely straight guys who lean into it more than he Yeah, does. Chris Stefano is way gayer than Tim Dillon. Yeah, definitely. He definitely, he's more metro. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, don't know. much. Fucking hilarious. I'm a huge Doug Stanhope fan. I think oh, really? Doug Stanhope is my classic guy. Yeah, he's a I throwback. Like him. He's, is he still putting out new stuff? Yeah. I haven't yeah. heard him for a while. but He I does like a really stuff, shitty you know. podcast, too. I don't listen to that. It was like a that. super terrible. <laughs> really? Um, I just heard one. Oh, The King of the Sting. I love The King of the Sting. Oh, my God. I I listened to it for the first time the other day. I was, I was a really big fan. I'm trying to learn new podcasts. And If I had to pick, like, five podcasts to do, like, that are my core. Like, yeah. King of the Sting is, it, uh, honestly. It's in there? King of the Sting, this past weekend. And Fighter and the Kid. So you're a big Theo Vaughn fan. And Brendan Schaub. What do you think of Theo Vaughn's blender story? When he like he was talking about how he likes to do cocaine and buy vests. Um, I don't know that story. <laughs> oh, go on YouTube. And but I do know he loves a vest. Yeah, I'll, I'll ruin the story. But he he like does a bunch of cocaine and buys vests online. And he was wearing like two three vests, doing a bunch of coke, had a music up loud blender was going oh i do know that. he thought he heard something outside and locks himself out and they had to go get his, his landlord yeah yeah that's pretty funny um i me and my brother went and saw him in portland oh really um two years ago really it, yeah it was fun he puts on a good show but this drunk lady in the front row wouldn't stop heckling him mm-hmm. and it kind of ruined the show like threw him off he's very sensitive like he's a uh, he's if you listen to this, this past weekend which is like his yeah. personal podcast yeah i've listened to it um he's very sensitive boy he <laughs> likes to talk about his Well, feelings. he says a lot of things, and, like, I don't know if it's a character. Like, I wonder if he's like that in real life or if he's Seems just a like character. It, but yeah. I don't know. I don't uh, – just listening to that many hours of somebody talking, mm-hmm. especially when they don't have guests. He doesn't have guests a lot. Yeah. It's just him. You, you feel like you know him, but – Yeah. Uh, I have a hard time listening to podcasts without guests. Like, I do Bill Burr's just because I like his thought process, and he's another guy that, like, battles his anger and, like – yeah, stuff like that. So I listen to him every week because he's always got a story about how he almost lost his shit and like, well, I I didn't tell the lady to go fuck herself, and like stuff like that. Yeah, I like Bill Burr. He's growing on me more and more. Yeah, I'm I'm actually losing him a little bit because he's like getting all woke. Really? See, I I was having a hard time with him, like because he's they put him on a pedestal, like so many because he's a movie star now. Well, he's comedians a... reference him as like the goat. And I don't think he's that. Chappelle's the goat. For sure. Hands down. Hands down. Yeah. No question. Richard Pryor than Dave Chappelle. And everyone says that like they have to, but he's dead. He no, doesn't, no. He doesn't it's... care. I, I, I think Richard Pryor is maybe top 10. but um, Oh, you don't you don't think he's the one? No. Oh, I don't. Wow. I don't. Have you listened to all of his stuff? No, probably not. But I've listened to... A, Do a deep inventory. Quite a bit of it. But it, it, honestly, it was some of my first stand-up material I ever heard. Yeah, me too. Um, him and Bill Cosby. <laughs> Um, uh, Robin Williams HBO special when he himself? was doing the golf. Yeah, he, uh, he's heard, doing yeah. the muff bunch with his arm in front of his face with yeah. the hair. Yeah, Robin Williams, that was a good. Yeah, I've been listening to stand up, watching stand up for a long time. Me too. I've been a fan of it my, my entire life. Yeah, it's my. It's like my favorite thing. Is it? Yeah, it's it's pure. It's just like 
just a guy up there or a woman. <laughs> just we, kidding. We had a stand-up It's a guy up there college. just saying words and eliciting. It's like a ma- casting a magic spell on a group of people. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm just going to make these noises out of my face, and then everyone's going to erupt in this physical reaction where they shake all over the place and make yeah. noise. It's like, it's fucking weird. I just love it. It's like funny things. Like, like you can have a conversation with your buddies and laugh and laugh all night, but you could say that same shit on a stand-up bit and not get anything. It's all yeah. about how you... Like, you have to, it's not something you can just go up there and just be funny. No. Like, you have to write it down. You have to work at it. Yeah. Like, I mean, some people Being do. funny is hard. It is. It is hard. But it's, uh, and it's all, because it's all about timing. You have mm-hmm. to time how you say it, but you also have to time how people receive it. Mm-hmm. So you have to, like, get their attention in the right Yeah, you got to be in the right frame of mind, too. Yeah. Like, you can't have other shit. You can't have heavy shit. My brain goes back and forth between those two really, really easily. Sometimes I switch too fast. Like the heavy and the funny? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll overlap them a little bit. Where I, yeah. And that, it, I've had to f- kind of figure out how I do it on this show. Because That's why I almost like, wanted to postpone it. It's just because I had such a heavy thing going on. I'm glad we didn't talk about it too much. It's like... Yeah, man. It's, there might be a... We did cover some heavy topics in this. But yeah, I didn't expect to talk about that. I was like... Thank you. Hey, that, that was I wasn't real. sure because like, you're like, oh, I want to be funny and like joke. And I'm like... Well, we can, but you know, that's, sometimes that's forced. And I, I really don't like. I have, have a bunch of funny stories, but they're mostly just like I don't know, drunk shit. I'm not that proud of. I, I, I like a, the occasional story about drunkenness or drugs and stuff because yeah. uh, they are funny. But they're better if they teach a lesson. Like if it's yeah. like, hey, look, I made all these bad choices, and this is the bad shit that happened to me. And this is what I learned from it. Those yeah. are the kind of stories I don't mind telling. Sometimes I feel like it's like you're bragging a little bit about the fun you had or it's okay. Like that. It's all right to do that on a podcast. Yeah. But um It's just yeah, it just kinda depends. Yeah. But But yeah, it, it also if like that becomes your brand, then you mm-hmm. like have to do that. And I don't want that kind of show at all. See, like when I was partying a lot, like not college partying because that was different like i had some severe issues with alcohol dependency and stuff like that and like when i came back here i was still drinking but it was like i found myself when i was partying like i was bragging about that stuff and it just i was like man this is no way to get anywhere yeah and like eventually it's like oh well you're you're not going anywhere so just be a hermit you know and then which is no good either no you start going to a little hole and then like get real sad yeah super sad loneliness is very very bad it's yeah it's a it can be a real real problem it's the number one correlate of early death is it really yeah hmm. let that sink i in. would think it's a correlate of mental health problems i'm sure it is there's a lot of co-variables in that yeah mental scenario. health's a weird deal it's yeah i don't like to talk about it because i don't want to get red flagged <laughs> i what, like my by guns. who i don't know by anyone that you mean like, like you don't want to like, like, say on the record that you have mental health issues so that well like I don't I've never and... been diagnosed except for ADHD uh-huh. um, like I, was, I had a doctor prescribe me Adderall several times but yeah like do you think you have ADHD do you think ADHD exists um, nah, I don't think so I think there's definitely a tension pro- like I have a hard time sitting down and focusing like a hard time and Adderall did help when I took it if I took one pill a day. And just did my morning pill. Least effective dose. Yeah. Always least effective dose. And just, just go through my day. Yeah, it was probably like I was probably like five percent better. Maybe ten percent on a good day. So like close to the same as coffee. Yeah, like I can have like I drink an energy drink every day and it's like it's a low sugar, like no sugar, like a thing with vitamins. It's not a Red Bull or a Rockstar or anything. It's like mm-hmm. this other brand, like a health brand. 
And uh, so I drink one of those. I get kind of the same thing. Similar like vibe, it gets yeah. me going until I'm in the into my mood or my flow, and I'm like, then I'm then I'm into it. And You're then, off and running. Then I'm off and running, and then lunch usually fucks me up because I'm tired. And then, but yeah, Adderall, it's all it did. Yeah. It's all it did for me. I saw a study once that, that compared Adderall use with caffeine use with placebo, three groups, and they all did similar tasks. And I don't remember the exact results, but I'm paraphrasing. This was a while ago, but Adderall and caffeine performed very similarly, oh, even really? though the perceived experience yeah. was reported to be better taking a pill. with Adderall. Uh, well, they all took the, they didn't know what they were getting. So it's oh. double blind. Each one took an identical pill. Some of them were caffeine, some of them were Adderall, some of them were nothing. And people felt better on the Adderall, but perf- the performance on their tasks was no different. So what they kind of concluded through that research was that it's possible that the Adderall just makes you feel like you're really doing well, when in yeah. reality, you're not doing all that much better than you would be otherwise. Well, they should put some more cocaine in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My point is just like, you never really know um, what's going to work for you. So My body got worn down on Adderall. Yeah, it's... it ages you like three times faster, it feels yeah. like. Yeah. Plus, my roommate said he's like, "You won't shut up." Really? <laughs> Don't. Because you take a bunch of them, and like, yeah, I just I take a bunch of them like at a, at once, and I'd be like, blah, 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 blah. and then then we're drinking, and yeah. yeah. What is it about being young and wanting to experiment with your consciousness? I don't it's, know. It's like a really powerful drive. That's the one thing I wanted to get into is consciousness, because you keep mentioning it, and I never we never got into it. But nobody wants to get into it. I, I, I love get it. Sam Harris on here. I love it. Yeah. You ever his listen one, to his podcast? I just listened to his one on Lex Friedman. Oh, and Waking like, Up. Uh, oh, the Lex Friedman the, was the one I heard, too. The first, like, I listened to, like, the first 45 minutes to an hour of it. And then they get all scientist-y on me, and I'm like, all right, guys. Lex I'm Friedman's out. one of my top five, too. He's, I like him on other podcasts. I've listened to his podcast a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, he, like, his, his crypto ones are good because they're, like, they're breaking it down. And he's very good at, like... Okay, now let's break it down into simpleton terms. Yeah, and uh, but he just gets too brainy. Like I really he's hard I, to listen to. Sam Harris really. is tough too. Sam Harris, I can listen to maybe one of his podcasts a month, mm-hmm. and and after that, I get bored of his voice. I loved uh, when they were doing the dark web groups. Yeah, with that was like cool. him and Dave Rubin and Joe and mm-hmm. Ben Shapiro, and that was a fun time in podcast life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, About we should probably wrap it up. Yeah, you're late. By I gotta minutes. get going. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super yeah. glad you asked me. It's great to catch up. This and, is really uh, fun. I think it's gonna make a good podcast. Yeah, I hope so. It seemed a little bouncy to me, but they all do. Do they? This actually seemed more coherent than a lot mm-hmm. of them. A lot of times it's, I'll, I'll leave here and I'm just like, I don't know what the yeah. fuck we talked about. Yeah. I definitely didn't know what direction to get. Like I had so many things like in my head and mm-hmm. then yesterday happened and it's like. Yeah. That's gotta be a. It all just loop. went out like gone. Yeah. Well, you did great, man. Thanks. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Just now, say it with your chest now. I'm, young, I'm free. Can't nobody take me here and now. It's my time to run it out. It's my time. It's my time. It's my time to ride. I'm young. I'm free. Can't nobody take me.
dreams, say yeah. Yeah. If you gotta walk. 